Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and let them just talk about anything and everything. So we hope you'll enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, good morning, Michael. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Nate. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. I I can't get into this podcast without making a comment. After we closed last time, I I was talking about editing the podcast and splitting it in half, and you said, "What do you mean?" <laughs> yeah, <I didn't, laughs> you were talking about putting a break in there. And I was like, why are you putting a break in there? Which led me to believe that you have never listened to our podcast once. <laughs> no, I don't listen to it. So this is funny because your your statement to me was, "I was there." Why I was would there I for it? I had we had the conversation. <laughs> I didn't need to listen to it. I knew what we said. But here's the thing with me. So just like two Sundays ago, we were, I was preaching about God creating, and I said, "When I create something." I love to step back and look at it and say, oh, that's good. Or sometimes I say, oh, that's garbage. But um, <laughs> but I was saying how we are created in the image of God to be creators and then to partner with God in creation and how sometimes we do step back and say, like like Paul and I call it, we're getting in our box where we just we want to look at what we've made. And apparently you don't do that. So you just ruined my sermon completely. <laughs> well, I, I probably do that. I just uh, just not do it just not this podcast. crappy podcast. No, <laughs> no. I uh, I didn't know that you were adding little overlays and whatnot. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. that you had yeah. done that. So I I actually uh, you know had some. Uh, thoughts on on the music and whatnot, and I think you're adding a new one this this podcast. We got someone to, yeah. It may not quite be ready this time. It may be next time. But one of my former students, Russell, who's super talented. Speaking of being created to create, that kid just picks up any instrument and can play it. And so he was honored actually to get to. He he knew you when we were in Fort Worth and. Uh, mm-hmm. He was honored to get to be a part of our podcast, so that'll be coming up uh, really soon here. But I just, I just thought it was really funny that you don't actually listen to our podcast. So um, there you go. If the rest of you don't want to listen to it, that's okay. You just like Michael. That's, that, hey, that you know, here's the deal: is I've gotten some commentary, you know, uh, on the podcast, uh, and folks have, you know, appreciated things that we had to say and talk about. Uh, some have asked why it's only 20 minutes because they've had conversations with me before and they never <laughs> 20 minutes. Um, Amen. And then, and then one guy actually told me, he said, well, I live close enough to you and I have conversations with you every week. So uh, when I listen to the podcast, I'm like, I, I think I've had this conversation with Michael. So uh, yeah, there you uh, go. You know, interesting commentary. Well, I, I think it's funny because I've had people ask me, um, do you guys script that? Like, is it scripted? And, you know, most podcasts are honestly scripted. And when we say, like, we lock two pastors in a room, this is 
the, the whole idea was this is what our conversations on the phone routinely are. Sure. This is, this is, we just, we'll start talking about something and we'll look up 45 minutes later and we have exhausted the topic. And that we, it, the idea was just, let's record that. So we're literally on a FaceTime call here and we've got this call recorder uh, that made the audio much better from the beginning. So today I want to jump in with a parable. I, I don't know if you really call it a parable or a story. It's based from a parable. Uh, it may not be open-ended enough. Uh, this is my first attempt at a parable. So so give me some grace here. Right. So I know you may have heard the story of Jesus when he comes in all his glory with the angels separating the people as a shepherd would, would separate sheep from goats. And, uh, and so if you haven't heard the story, well, Jesus, he comes and, and first of all, there's, there's these goats and they're the people who haven't uh, done what Jesus asked them to do. And, and Jesus says, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. He says, because when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. Uh, when I was naked, you didn't clothe me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. When I was sick and in prison, you didn't come visit me. Uh, when I was a stranger, you didn't let me in. And the people, the goats, look back at Jesus and say, so Jesus, when did we see you hungry or naked or sick or in prison? And right. Jesus says, well, when you didn't do these things for the least of these, you didn't do them for me. Well, then there's a second group, you know, in the story, the, the sheep. And Jesus says, them, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Because I was hungry and you gave me something. To eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was sick and in prison. You visited me. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. And the sheep also say to Jesus, Jesus, when were you naked? When do we see you hungry? When do we see you thirsty? And Jesus says, well, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Well, I, I think there's a third group that should be added to this, and that's the, the technological ages that we're in right now. And So start with maybe my generation, X, Y, Z, millennials, whatever you want, those who have had these handheld devices. Right. And Jesus comes back and looks at that group, and he says to them, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Because I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me something to drink. I was right. stranger, you didn't let me in. I was prison and sick and you didn't visit me. And they'll say, Jesus, when did we see you hungry or naked or without clothes? And he'll say, well, actually you didn't. Because your heads were always down in these devices <laughs> and you were arguing with your conservative friends about <laughs> justice on social media Right. And you right. didn't even notice me. You, you walked right notice. by me and you didn't see me. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I, yeah, I like it. I like the commentary on the, on the, on the parable. Because uh, I, I have that. friends who argue about social justice. So, so many comments. I can't even read them in my free time. I'm wondering like, yeah. how, how are you pastoring anyone? Yeah. That, <laughs> that's, that's my thought. <laughs> Like they're like people will ask me, "Did you read this?" And I'm like, "No, I I'm sorry. I was I have people to take care of. I didn't yeah. I didn't know. And I'm not trying to be you know better than than no that, no you know, but like I I just don't know how uh, how we spend so much time uh, thinking about it. You know, it's uh, it's like that Francis Chan uh, statement that he makes where he says, uh, you know, uh, my daughter. I told her to go clean her room. 
And then I went in her room later and she hadn't cleaned her room. And I said, baby girl, why didn't you clean your room? And she said, well, I memorized what you said, Dad. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm, I know I'm going to have some friends come over later and we're going to discuss what it would look like if I cleaned my room. <laughs> you know? And he's like, no, I don't want you to talk about it. I want you to do it. Right. You know, and so yeah. how does our Heavenly Father look at us and say, I told you to make disciples. I didn't want you to memorize what it meant to make disciples or spend a millennia talking about what that means. I actually wanted you to make some disciples. You know? I yeah, I think uh, Bob Goff says it this way. We should we should call them not Bible studies, but Bible doings uh-huh. where we get yeah. together and, and actually go do some things. Uh, his, right, you know, yeah. his book is Love Does, and that's kind of his big thing. I think that was him who said that. But anyway, so I, I just I thought that was an interesting parable-ish. Sure. You know, that sure. I need to, I need to heed the warning of. I need myself. to enact. You know, one of my proudest moments uh, in, in in associate pastorate uh, was whenever uh, I was late for staff meeting, and and the entire staff knew where I was when I got there because they had all walked past my office and seen the young man who had who was who wasn't a member of our church or part of our church. He was he came to our church and played basketball in the gym on Thursday nights, and and so he didn't have anybody to come to. But then there was this crisis he had in his life, and he just came and knocked on my door and said, I need to talk to somebody. And I was sitting there talking to him, and so I was late for staff meeting. And, and uh, when I walked in, I, I didn't take any flack uh, you know, yeah. for being late because they were like, well, it's hard to complain <laughs> that you're yeah. late because we knew where you were and what you were doing. And we all kind of wished that we were too. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, that, right. That's, it seemed it seemed uh, silly to be talking about the ministry we were going to do when we had the opportunity to be doing it. Uh, yeah, and I think you and I have talked a little bit about the ministry of interruptions. Oh yeah, uh, the, value, it, the ministry happens in the interruptions. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, sermon sermon planning becomes kind of this. Uh, you know, I don't want to diminish the value of a good sermon or anything, but uh, you know, I I kind of like it when uh, I'm working on sermon prep and. Somebody calls me with something real, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I, yeah. I have to drop everything and go to it because, uh, you know, I feel like that's that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm. I want, you know. And and I think sometimes we, uh, you know, and I and I've had my social justice friends, you know, uh, kind of poo poo on uh, on pastoral ministry as if you know. Uh, it's not real ministry. It's not real ministry. And I'm just thinking, you know, and I, and as a youth pastor, I, I tease my senior pastor, uh, you know, that the youth ministry was real ministry and senior pastors just sit around and my senior <laughs> pastor actually said that he said, yeah. I had more time to do real ministry as a youth pastor, as a youth pastor. Yeah. yeah and it but, may be true. Yeah. But you know, like a hospital visit since when is that not real ministry? Like, yeah. And especially when you sit there and you have nothing to say, like there is nothing you can say to make the situation better, but you can be a presence uh, and you can represent the divine presence uh, in a way that maybe is tangible to somebody. And so that's a, 
Yeah, I, that's I was sick and you visited me. Yeah. <laughs> that was that kind of stuff. So I mean, that's that's real ministry. That's what Jesus is talking about in this parable. You, I was in prison. You came to see me. I was, uh, you know, I, I needed a cup of cold water. Right. Where, yeah. The, we had this opportunity not too long ago where the police officers here in town did a 5K uh, charity run, and uh, and it was it was to put it was the the actual. Uh, money that was raised goes into this fund that they hold from the 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 police officers association and because a lot of times you know they're first responders they're the ones who are out there when when somebody's walking down the side of the highway and you know they're dragging their luggage with them because their car broke down and they're going you know they found a hotel down the road and they're just going to walk down there and see if they can get right yeah Mm -hmm. um so a lot of the job too yeah and police officers see that firsthand, you know, and we're just flying down the highway with no responsibility to this person or seemingly no responsibility to this person. And, but the police officers are there, you know, specifically for events like that, you know, uh, right. The, uh, they, you know, if somebody, if somebody has a car wreck and they, it's the middle of the night, you know, they might need a place to sleep. Well, oftentimes they haven't budgeted for that. They don't have the money for that. They certainly can't afford it now that they've had a car wreck and it's destroyed their car and, you know, they got their family or whatever with them. And, and so police officers, you know, sometimes have to help people find lodging for the evening. and Right. Uh, or get them, you know, they run out of gas and they need a tank of gas and they don't have money for gas or, you know, uh, just all, all the things that happen where you find a, a person in a, in a dire situation where money is needed. Well, a lot of times police officers are, you know, they that becomes the charity that they give to right right in those needs and those sides of the road. And so uh, the police officers association decided to hold a fund where they could get, they could get reimbursed for those kind of things. That's awesome. And um, so they do this 5k. And so, so a lot of the the money was going into this fund and, uh, and so they needed people to come and and serve and help. And, and uh, our church decided that we were going to go and we were going to be, the finish line, the celebratory finish line. So basically we made noisemakers and blue. Awesome. Yeah. And all we, we used to sit at the end and we were like, yeah, you did it, you know, and just celebrated as they crossed the line. And, um, and we offered them, you know, we got to offer them the cup of cold water. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Uh, and, but it was, it was important, not because, yeah, I mean, these were people who volunteered to run a race, you know, offer them a cup of cold water. They could have, I mean, all of this was a voluntary situation. Right. It was in the name of, and it was in the in in response to those who need that cup of cold water, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Rode in the middle of the night, or after some tragic thing has just happened, and the police officers were going there to do that, and so uh, that was our, you know, we felt honored to be a, par- a participant in helping them do their job better. Right. Well, that's good, man. I, yeah. And I think the. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's I'm fine. I'm finished. I think the ultimate thing there is that uh, the the whole impetus behind the parable, if you will, is uh, God help us to not be social media warriors, but maybe uh, <laughs> to get that outside into where our feet yeah, actually yeah. interact with people. So your head out of the yeah yeah. I was wondering. I thought maybe you were going a different direction. I thought you were going to say uh, you saw my GoFundMe and ignored it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
well, or whatever. Maybe. <laughs> you, that would be a way the, you could you do that. You got the chain email that said, I need $1,000, but you just ignored it. You deleted it. <laughs> That's funny. I'm not sure. I wasn't sure where you were going exactly with it, so I kind of liked where you get your head out of it. Look up. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, a couple of weeks ago, I showed a video of a lady falling into a fountain because uh, she was walking through a mall and she was texting and she boom, falls into a yeah. fountain. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we have our heads stuck in that in that device. You know, I... Uh, I was thinking the other night, my son was trying to, my youngest was trying to get my attention and I was reading, uh, you know, the newspaper, but it's not a newspaper. It was on my phone. Um, it was a news story and I was, yeah, that's why I do it too on my screen and, and in my head, he walked away and I never responded to him. I didn't really consciously hear his question. I was stuck in my paper and, um, or in, in my screen as it were. And, uh, I, all I could hear is when he walked away as I went. Uh, he is learning how to practice uh, or learning what it means to experience um, presence in absence or absence in presence. Yeah. So he was, he wow. was present in the room with me. I was present in the room with him, but I was absent. I was somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, I just taught him what it means to experience absence while present. And uh, that was, that was something that uh, really got my attention. And I thought, you know, I've got to learn to, detach from these unreal things so that I can experience this real person right in front of me. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think society is, there's a sense in which there's this underlying ache for that to return back to real presence, but there's also a sense in which we don't know how we could exist anymore without it. We don't, yeah, we don't, we can't consciously, figure out how what would we do without this thing like it makes me nervous to think about my kids going somewhere without a way to contact me exactly and yeah i've taken my son to school in the morning and in a hurry you know i didn't need my phone i was coming right back to the house i left my phone at the house and somehow i felt naked yeah yeah it's a it's a two mile trip (laughs) well you know you never know what could happen those two miles and you might have to walk two miles and that might kill you <laughs> might upend my day, you know. But we schedule our life so uh, so cram packed with things because technology has given us the ability to do more in a day. Yeah, yeah. And then we say things like "I'm tired." Well, you're doing more than any human beings ever done in a day. You're doing it in an hour. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. No wonder you're tired. Well, and I I think like even my sons at times have expressed to me. Um, that there's there's something underneath that's like man sometimes I wish I'd just get away from all this but then they you know Fortnite comes out with a phone app and it's all I mean that's the end of that thought process but <laughs> but yes. but you know what I'm saying like there's yes. there is this ache uh, deep within us and so uh, hopefully hopefully we can yield the to the the idea that maybe uh, there are moments to break away and. And, you know, Nathan actually said when he went to college, less and less of his professors are using that technology as a vital part because they realize that when their kids are on their computers, laptops, phones, that they're they're constantly doing three things at once instead of just listening. And so it's more of a uh, let's get out, let's lecture a little more old old school with just interactive questions because that way I can know you're listening to me and not surfing Facebook. Uh, so that's, right. that's pretty interesting. Uh, right. 
Because I've been the guy in that class surfing Facebook, you know. Oh, absolutely. And you catch some of it, but you don't catch near as much as you do. But by the same token, you know, I had a, there was this one time I was teaching this class and, and I had these kids uh, all around this table. They were teenagers. Um, and it was called Disciple Me was the name of the class. And we were just sort of hashing out some of the more difficult things about what it means to be a disciple and walk with Christ and live this Christian life. And so uh, as we're talking, um, you know, I, I realize they're distracted. I'm distracted most of the, most of the time. And uh, so I say to one kid, I just, I had a screen and a projector and a computer. And I just said, hey, listen, if something intriguing, I just set the computer in front of him, the laptop in front of him. And I said, something intrigues you and you want to know more about it. Because I would often catch him in the middle of lessons and whatnot on his phone. And I say, so one time I just asked him, I said, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? And he said, I'm, uh, you said a word that I didn't know. So I was looking it up. Or you said something about an article. And so I was looking up that article. Uh, so he's basically Googling right. my lesson or my sermon and which, you know, like, I don't, that's cool. Yeah. I, I don't mind say. that. So I said, well, here, just take this computer. And if anything like that stirs you start, start typing it in. And, uh, and I actually was talking, uh, at one point about shoes, which I don't know how it came into the lesson, but it was, uh, about hand. Nobody hands. ever knows how those things come into your lessons. <laughs> But it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Well, I was talking about like shoes and they were handmade shoes and they're basically tied in knots. Brent, you're a youth pastor. Um, he actually bought a pair of these shoes from a guy and I think he was Saudi Arabia or somewhere like that. And they had to ship them and it took like two weeks for them to ship over here. But he had made them by hand, like completely by hand out of string. That's awesome. It was just asking about it sometime. Well, I said something about that just in, in, in the conversation that we were having. Um, and, and how we, you know, do we think about where our shoes were made? Do we think about who, whose hands made them and, and were they oppressed? And it was, you know, it was about systemic evil and, and thinking through, uh, just, just, uh, empires of violence and things of that nature. And, um, and so I'm talking about this and, and sweatshops and whatnot. And, and so he starts Googling the shoes and he finds the shoes and a video of this guy making the shoes. And so we just stopped the class and start watching the video on screen. And so, yeah, that's I, awesome. I have I have this mixed emotion about. Oh you know, yeah, how do, how do we? Can we sanctify these things? Of like course. This week, this week at church, this Sunday we were singing. Uh, John uh, John Mark McMillan uh, has a song about uh, uh, how your love won't stop chasing me. Right. Uh, and uh, and in the middle of it. Uh, Micah, our, our worship leader, he just he just breaks into, stand by me, oh yeah. stand by me, and uh, and I won't be afraid if you'll stand by me. And so this song that's about like you know this romantic love, and I won't be afraid if you stand. We just took out the word darling and just said, won't you stand by me? And it became this prayer in the middle of this worship song about how God's love never stops pursuing us. Yeah, and um, and it just—I mean—it was the sanctifying moment where we took this, you know, this old school love song and sanctified it as a uh, a worship song, and uh, and I think that's—I think—I think things can be sanctified in that way, set apart, used for God, used to glorify God, used to bring, uh, you know, illumination to what God is up to in the world. Oh, of course. I mean, that's what this podcast is. We have sanctified podcasts. <laughs> 
it's 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 just yeah. I mean, so much good stuff just coming from a, a medium that you and I would have never been able to get in a recording studio and pay for time. And so, no, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. Kidding a little bit, but not really. Um, yeah, well, man, we're at 23 minutes already. That that went really, really quickly today. But um, I do think we can sanctify these things. I, I do think there's also gluttonous behavior. And uh, oh. I think that's something probably we struggle with in a lot of areas. Um, as I have just had a birthday weekend with my wife where we ate anything and everything. It's it, Gluttony is, is not just about food, but, but we can be gluttons on our phones too. So uh, I pray that we don't miss opportunities to minister in the midst of that, but that we use it for good, like you're saying. So Man, uh, great discussions today. Uh, I think, uh, man, we could go on forever. And your friend who wanted our podcast to be longer be happy, but a few others might be upset. So <laughs> we're going to cut it here. I hope you have a great day, man. Love you. All right. Love you. Take too. care. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.